What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TSK Show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pachelki. What's going on, Tyler? How you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing great. We got Coach Hanley in the building. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Real quick, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. Before we start, be sure to follow the show at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword the Sports Kingdom Show. Check us out now on Anchor as well, anchor.fm slash TSK show. March Madness is over, and once again, the city of Philadelphia is the king of the sports world. There's also about a week left in the NBA regular season, and teams are getting ready for the playoffs. Uh, Also, we want to discuss the regular season awards for the NBA now that the regular season is coming to an end. But first, we have our second guest here on the TSK show. Yeah, number two. A good friend of the show, Mr. Matt Hanley. What's going on, Matt? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm excited. Happy to be here. Number two. I was hoping to be number one. I was a little disappointed. Well, we, we had <laughs> to little... put Golob ahead of you. <laughs> had to? Yes, had we had to. to. Okay. So real quick, uh, why don't you give our listeners a little taste into what your sports background is, who you like, who you don't like. Yeah. So uh, my... Uh... Turn that up a little bit to hear myself. So my team's pretty much all Detroit. Coming from Detroit area... Tigers, Lions, I absolutely abhor, though. I hate the Lions with every inch of my body. <laughs> but when it comes to the Tigers... This makes no sense it, to me. Oh, when you have suffered the way I've suffered as a Lions fan, watching an 0-16 season, <laughs> sitting through horrible quarterback after horrible quarterback... Matt Stafford's pretty good. Yeah, we finally got one good one, and we have a horrible organization around him. Offensive Lions Can't garbage. We lost Barry Sanders, and, and I'm still hurt from that. And, and Calvin, man. You Cal- two they're all retiring you, early. If you, you if made two of the goats quit. Exactly. If that says anything about the organization. So I've uh, I've moved on to the Seattle Seahawks. Hey. And, oh. There we go. Yes. All right. Well. I had to move on. I had to break up. I had to find a new relationship. And uh, Seattle's been good to me. Great choice. It's, yeah, I guess. Well, all right. Who else? Who else you like? Oh, uh, well, my Pistons are my team. You're wearing a Pistons hat right oh, now. Yeah. yeah, I have to. Shout out Andre Drummond. Absolutely killing it this year. Yeah. And you stay away from him. Okay. <laughs> He's, I, I saw the pictures <laughs> online. I don't want you near him. All right. I got nothing left there. We got Blake Griffin there. Sklar's recruiting him to L.A. I, I'm getting hey, nervous. He'd if be a solid st- centerpiece. If I get stuck with just Reggie Jackson to root for, I'm just going to be too <laughs> disappointed. I'm going to. Only it's going to be the Lions all over again. Oh, don't, don't even say that. <laughs> no, nah, that Detroit basketball is back. I'm pumped. They're, they're playing good right now. Yeah, they are yeah. playing very good right they now. They still got a very minute chance. To Small get chance. Small, yes. Small chance. They're the only they need some help. <laughs> a lot. But but also just being a – I'm a Verlander fan. So, so you're not a Tigers fan? Uh, the, I, they've kind of turned their back on me a little bit. Did you <laughs> see the video I posted on Facebook? Yes, I did. Okay. I, I got excited. I got pumped up. That good old Verlander throwing 102 in the eighth. And, the eighth, and, and like the six, seven pitches before, it were just smoke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's, what I, that's my favorite thing about him. I love the fact that he would just yeah. throw through a wall. Yep. Anytime he got pissed off, that's a, immediately what he would do. Yep. And, uh, yeah, just oh, – but first love always was football. Second has been basketball. Have okay. uncles that – 
coached basketball. They got me really into it. I'm not good at playing it, but I love to watch it. I love to talk about hey, it. Hey, so. that go. works for us. Yep. So, so we all got right. Detroit, L.A., and Seattle in the house now. Yeah. We've got a good little mixture. Yeah. L- a nice melting pot, one yeah, would nice say. Little covering the very L.A. here. We're very L.A. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. Let's just hop right into it. Yes, before, we talk, before we talk about the actual game and the national championship, we have to announce the winner of the TSK Show Bracket Challenge. Yeah. Once again, thank you to everyone that entered a bracket into our first ever TSK Show Bracket Challenge. Yep. We would like to congratulate Alan Goldfarb, one of my fraternity brothers, for being the winner of the $25 Visa gift card. He correctly picked, originally, Villanova and Michigan in the championship and had Villanova winning it all. That's impressive. So, yeah, That's I mean, he had, he had 50% Michigan was of hot. the Final Four. Yeah. He got That's, the champion right. With this year? That is That's impressive. Enough. That's enough. <laughs> With yeah. that whole whole one side of the bracket just being terrible. <laughs> yeah. When sixteen seeds are winning. That's just to well, get fifty percent right. Virginia had no business being a number one seed to begin with, but that's a whole nother story. Yeah. Anyway. So last night was just an absolute beatdown. Villanova just absolutely dominated once again, proving they were the best team in the nation. Definitely deserved to win the national championship. They won all of their March Madness games this season by double digits, being the first team since UCLA in 1967 to do that. Yeah. So that's really impressive. Yeah, they were rolling. Dante DiVincenzo was the most outstanding player. He was absolutely incredible off the bench. 31 points, 10 of 15 from the field, 5 of 7 from three-point, five rebounds, three assists, two blocks, including that one straight up and down, meet me at the rim block that yeah. he just absolutely dominated that other yeah, guy. Yeah, he was just short of another one on that goaltending call. Yeah, yeah. that was and, close, too. And that was that was right there. He, he's, he played like a beast. Yeah. It was fun to watch how good Villanova was playing at the end. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, Michigan started out hot in the beginning, but with about six six minutes left in the first half, it yeah. just fell apart. Oh, yeah. That, that was really just the guards. Simpson didn't do anything. But I think he ended up with, like, six points. I mean – then you have uh, who else on there is uh, Rockman or uh, Abdur Rockman. I mean, he he was their best player the whole night. Well, I don't know. I still think Mo Wagner played phenomenal. I mean, they based the whole offense really around him. He kind of held it together for a little bit. But you have guys like Matthews and Simpson who played pretty well all all year, and then all of a sudden in that game they couldn't score, they couldn't defend. I mean, DiVincenzo was literally just running right by him. I mean, Matthews, he was on his back half the night, it felt like. Yeah. Three-point shots, too dominant in college now. I mean, it's, it's like I mean, a foot shorter than the three-point line. It's, it's, uh, it's just a dangerous the way the game's played now. Yeah, especially with it's all, all these. It's all about the three-point three line, and a lot of people are playing zone. Uh, it's, a, it's a zone killer, too. Well, and especially with all of these, these, high, the, these college players being touted as NBA prospects, they're not shooting – college threes in practice they're shooting nba threes they're yeah. they're trying to get ready for the draft they're trying to get ready for the next Which level makes it even easier exactly yeah. so i mean jalen brunson player of the year he kind of struggled only nine points four of 13 from the field uh mikhail bridges had a pretty good game 19 points seven of 12 from the field and then villanova's big man amari spellman had eight points 11 rebounds really just dominated over the german kid from michigan i, yeah. I can't pronounce his name i'm sorry oh. It's Wagner. It's Wagner. Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner. Okay. Yeah, that W's a V. He's a beast. He's a beast. He's gonna be. He's gonna be in the NBA. He made himself a lot of money in that Final Four game. Oh, hundred percent. He's no. He's a great player. He moved his dra- his draft stock went up like ten, twelve positions after the Final Four game. Yeah. See, 
that's millions on top of millions <laughs> yeah, added that, to your bank it, account. Exactly. But uh, on a Nova note, Brunson's uh, career ends very nicely. I mean, two-time national champion and a player of the year award. That's about as good as it gets. Yeah. I thought he played a – I think a lot of time in these national championship games, you get those jitters. Because when you look yeah. at the first half, I think combined they were like like three for 18 between both teams. Like they were both throwing up a lot of threes, not a lot going in. And then you saw Brunson in the second half start – he started hitting some threes, starting to get a little more confidence in his shot. Is when Steven Chenzo started to slow down a little bit. Brunson was the one that kept that lead going. So I, I don't know. I, I really, I don't think he played all that bad. I think he had a, a so-so first half. He played well defensively too. Yeah, he didn't. I mean, he didn't have to do much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, they had their guy that game, and he came off coming off the bench too. Most points scored. And his his career high before that going into the game was thirty. Yeah. So he got one point above it Just on the night. biggest stage. Just that night, yeah. So I wanted I wanted to get your guys' opinion on Villanova uh, Villanova's head coach Jay Wright. Mm-hmm. He is now the third active head coach with multiple national championships. He did yeah. it. He did it twice in three years. The only two other coaches are Coach K and Roy, Roy Williams. Williams. Yeah. He's the second coach in D1 history with four straight 30-win seasons, and Villanova has 136 victories over the past four years. That's the most of any team in history over a four-year span. Jay Wright now has more national championships than Jim Boeheim, John Calipari, Bill Self, and Tom Izzo. He's been at Villanova since 2001, and he's only 56 years old. If you could make an offer to any head coach to come to your school, knew he would agree to come and stay for a significant tenure, I don't know how Jay Wright isn't at the top of your list. It, well, I mean, he's in the top five now, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, he could possibly be the next Coach K now at, at that age and at this pace. And hes I don't think he's going anywhere. He's going to stay at Nova. It's a great program. It's his program. Um, he's – he. Th- Villanova, I mean, he took them from a team that was always competitive, always good, but no one was ever afraid of him in the tournament. Exactly. And now, now, because he's not a guy that's, I mean, they get good recruits, but they're not getting, you know, one and done type of guys. He wants to develop talent there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's there's only two or three guys that would probably take over Jay Wright at this point in time. I well, mean, the, the best thing that you see, even how the tournament played out, all the teams that had the most depth, like they had good starters, but their depth was really what took them. Michigan had good depth too, but Villanova has created, they've created a program there that's like, now, it, it, it wouldn't be, it has to be like Coach K. You, if, to me, it's like, he's younger. I mean, if you're going to start a program. Exactly, he's he, younger than Coach K. So yeah, right but, now, I'd well, probably. That, but when Coach K won in the early 90s, this is what I, yeah. you know, that's where I think this is exactly. turning into. He built, he built the culture. That, that's really the biggest thing. You can have good coaches move from place to place to place. I mean, Shock is smart. He's a he's a good coach, yeah. but it, what has he really done in Texas? Exactly, nothing, right? yet. It's nothing yet. No, I, I mean he, you got to give him some time, but at the same time, you look at Jay Wright. I mean he's it, it, I don't see that culture that's getting built at Villanova that's going to get the same type of kids because that's the best part is when the rec- the culture recruits the kids on its own. Well, exactly because Jay Wright isn't looking at one and done type of players. No, Texas is a big recruit type of place. Exactly, Texas is a one and done type of place. Yeah. But I, I mean, like, if you're, I'm, I, if I'm looking for that, you might want one one and done player. But you see how Kentucky's had some success. No, no, yeah, and, and Coach K turned into the kind of the one and done guy too, and he's had success with it. But 
another thing going back to like uh, you know him, his future, and what he's done in the past. He's also a guy that's played three guards forever. Yeah. And you know when he first started, when people weren't afraid of him in the tournament, that style of play wasn't as prevalent as it is now. I mean, now everyone plays with three guards, four guards. So I mean, he he, he was kind of ahead of the time as far as offense goes, and now now the times have caught up with him. And he's running the, the, you know, the offense that he's been running for, you know, 17 years. But it just ha- so happens to be the most effective offense. Yeah. Well, the players, basketball now. The players are just, they're all well-rounded. I mean, they got six, nine guys that can move like guards and shoot three. So it's like. Exactly. It's, y- I, it's on defense that switch everything mentality yeah. of being able to use players that maybe are not traditionally a certain position, but because of the evolution of basketball and where the game is today and what we see in the NBA, you have to be able to switch everything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, Jay Wright, yeah, top five, easy. I mean, if I'm trying to get a coach to start a program, he's a top five candidate. I would take him first, hands down. I mean, I'm always going to take Roy Williams first, for sure. We know that, Tyler. (laughs) I mean, he's just too dominant. (laughs) But anyway, so – I mean, it was a great season. Yeah. March Madness was a lot of fun. I'm sorry that your Michigan Wolverines yeah. once it once was, again. It was tough to it was tough to watch. I, did that you, Louisville one hurt more than this one did, just because really? I knew Villanova was. Even though Louisville is now taken away. Well, if they give us that championship, well, they're not going to give you that championship. Well, they should. It's that Mich- that Michigan team is probably my favorite Michigan team ever. Over Are the Fab Five. Well, I didn't watch the Fab Five. Yeah, I was a little young for the Fab Five. Right, so. to, but, I mean, the, to, that's the Tim Hardaway Jr. team you're talking about? That yeah. Team, yeah. That team yeah. was dope. Yeah. No, that team was pretty dope. But uh, also, real quick, speaking of the Fab Five, did you guys see the little uh, thing on the TV when um, Michigan got that technical foul? It was their first technical foul. And TBS Yo. put up the first technical <laughs> foul since Chris Weber's uh, timeout. Oh, God, dude, <laughs> just a subtle little just, jab at Michigan. Yeah, they didn't need to do that. We're already getting their ass kicked. Why did they, why did they have to make it worse? Because it's always better to kick someone when they're down, especially in sports. Now, I have a quick – I know this is kind of off talk. Well, bring off bring topic. the mic a little closer no. to you. All right, so one of the th- questions I had. I've been hearing a lot of things about the seating in the tournament. Okay. Do you guys feel like it was properly seated, or is this just kind of like one of those situations where it's just it was just chaos? The parody's there. It's just how it's going to go. I think this year it was especially hard to seed the tournament because during the regular season there wasn't – and I was saying this the whole time we were talking about it. There wasn't yeah. a clear-cut number one team in the nation that yeah. was just – overall better than everybody we knew they were gonna be the number one overall seed in the tournament and all of that because we saw so many upsets of the number one it was harder to seed this tournament but I think it it probably could have been done a little bit better yeah I think they did a good job I mean for the most part I think we're just seeing the future of college basketball it's just more it's more competitive yeah well I I saw like just I mean Pac-12 especially those teams I don't want to talk about the Pac-12 I mean Oh, I mean, just to say, I mean, like, USC didn't make it when they should have. You had uh, – Well, no, no, SC – All right, no. UCLA should not have been in a playing game. They were a lot better than that. And Agreed. then Arizona – But they also should have won that playing game. Well, that's true. Uh, but I, I kind of look at that situation where it's like – especially with Arizona, they win the Pac-12 tournament and they're a four seed. It's like – and they've been pretty dominant all year. That stuff just seems – I don't know. This year – I don't know how De- – Speaking of Arizona, I don't know how DeAndre Ayton finished third in player of the year. He oh, – 
He's he, a monster. He could have been the Jesus. player of the year over Jalen Brunson. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think he – I definitely think he should have been second over well, Trey Young. I think it always has to do with the tournament. Uh, like they say all the votings get done. I always feel like they just push a little bit farther back. Once they saw he's out of the tournament, I think that's kind of where it went. So He's going to be a force in the league oh for my years God. to come. I literally watch one of the Pac-12 tournament games. I'm just watching them. They were kind of getting down a little bit. They just threw it to him in the post for five straight possessions. He scored on every single one and dunked on whoever was on him on every single one. Sounds about a, right. He's a beast. I can't wait to watch him in the NBA. He's going to be awesome. Yeah. So, anyway, like I, like I like to say, from the players who don't get paid, who should be paid, to the players that do get paid, let's talk about the NBA and the NBA playoffs that are coming up. Yep. So, right now, this is the first time this season that the Golden State Warriors are not the sole favorites for the NBA championship. The Warriors and the Rockets are co-favorites to win. But do we really think the Rockets are for real come playoff time? No. 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 Not at all. We all agree. Yeah. Uh, We all agree. I I, I tried to find their strengths and what they could do in the playoffs, but I just don't think it's enough. I mean, like, Harden, he's a huge part of his game is the fact that he can get to the free throw line. And in the playoffs, they stop calling fouls. They, they stop calling the ticky-tack fouls. It's harder to get to the line. And then all of a sudden, he starts getting, he starts getting frustrated. Then you see what you saw last year where he quit. He just quit in the last game. He so, doesn't play defense either. Exactly. Yeah. So I, he doesn't play defense. I mean, Chris Paul is constantly injured. They have I, mean, to, I mean, they have to outscore people every single season and, or every single game. That's, that, playoffs, that's their game. The defense is going to be – that's the star. That's going to be the thing that you need to stop. You can get it. If you can't get stops, it's just – if you have a bad shooting night, that's all. It's done. It's your over. You're, you're gone. And yeah. I mean, I just – I'm not a huge believer in Mike D'Antoni yeah. as a coach, yeah, especially in the playoffs. He's had success in the regular season, don't get me wrong, but because of the style of basketball that his teams usually play, they get burnt out in the playoffs. Look at the seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns. Never made it to a championship. I blame Mike D'Antoni solely for Kobe rupturing his Achilles tendon that year because he was playing Kobe 48 minutes a game down the stretch as the team was trying to claw their way to an eighth seed. Yeah, I mean, he comes comes from, uh, you know, European background where their seasons are like 32 games. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not 82-game season. He's wearing teams out. I don't think this team. I don't think this Houston team is better than Nash, Marion, and Amari. I mean, I think that that Phoenix team had a better balanced team. Oh, they had a much more balanced team. I mean, this team, this Houston, they are, they have a great bench. They have the superstar scorer. They have veterans. They have athleticism. It's all there. But I just don't think in the playoffs. I don't know if they can defend a forward. You know, uh, you know, playing those good three, four players. I don't know. I don't think they can stop those guys. You know, like Durant and and Aunt Davis and all these guys, um, they can't defend those kind of people. So I can't defend uh, a general. So uh, uh, it's <laughs> I it, I always look at it kind of like the Oakland A's, uh, Moneyball. Yeah, whole that, thing is, yeah. what do they do in the playoffs every year? If they don't have a big enough sample size. It just always blows up in their face. But you look at the regular season and they dominate. And I I see the same thing there. They're they're got that Moneyball system going. The analytics going all the way up to 11, and they are just running it. And it's like, oh, wow, look at They're so amazing. 
And then all of a sudden in the playoffs, when things don't go their way and you got to play some defense, got to get some stops, the, you're not getting the free throw line, all of a sudden it's just uh, the, the wheels start to come off on that. Well, look, look, at, look at their star players' track records in the playoffs. Yeah. Chris Paul's never made it out of the second round. James Harden made it to the finals one year, but that was also with KD and, and Russell was, Westbrook. He came off the bench. He exactly. came off the he came off the bench, but he was also the reason that they probably lost that finals to LeBron in the Heat. Oh yeah, he didn't show up. He he disappears in big games a lot. Yeah, a lot. Even when they were uh, after they, I think it was when they beat the Clippers and they uh, in the they were in the Western Conference Finals. Like Dwight Howard was the best player on that court that game. The Clippers never the, Cl- the Clippers never made it. Oh no, to the they, it was against, finals. Oh no, it was when they lost to the Spurs, I think that year. All right, but no, no, I say the the they beat the Clippers to get to the Western. Oh, Conference got Finals. it, got it, yeah, got I it. I should have clarified that a little better, but they they just like Harden disappears all the time. Disappeared in last year, disappears in every time it's a huge game and things don't go his way. It seems like he almost starts pouting. It seems like, I don't know, I'm not a big Harden fan. I, the, I like his beard and that's about it. And it's good, though. The West is definitely now, it's not just like, it's, it's not a for sure Golden State, though. That is the one thing I'll give Houston. It's like, they do have, you know, with with Curry being down, the West is now interesting. Well, I mean, I, I, mean, still, think the, I still think Golden State eventually is going to win the West. But now, you know, San Antonio and and Minnesota and Oklahoma City and Houston all have, you know, a much better chance. Well, I think that if – I mean, the Warriors, we already know Steph Curry's out for the first round of the playoffs. Probably more. You think more? Yeah, I, I mean, I just would assume more. If he comes back, he's going to be as close to healthy as Especially possible. Especially because I think they're going to – they'll probably sweep in the first round. So yeah, that wouldn't yeah. shock me if they did sweep in the first round. Yeah. And no one can guard Durant. If you if you look at the Western Conference standings now, last week we were talking about a potential two yeah. seven matchup between the Warriors and the Spurs. The Spurs have catapulted themselves yeah. into no, the, the four spot the, already. The West is still wild. I mean, it's still we don't know who's going to be in the playoffs yet. I yeah, mean, and look, the seeding. You look at the Thunder though; they have had Golden State's number this year. That's something that could derail them if. No, Correct. absolutely, because they have the, they have the star power. It's Oklahoma and, and City's not it, doing anything. It, and in the Paul playoffs George, this year. Paul George is one of the I don't few know, exceptional decent, people for Durant. If I mean, if you're saying Curry's going to be out, he, what if he's out a little bit longer? You got uh, Durant. I mean, he's not 100. percent He's can, he can play still. I mean, he's still the best in the world. All of a sudden, you have this team that's hungry and like wanting to prove something. Especially if Paul George is planning on leaving, he probably wants to put everything on the court before he heads out. Put something out there so he can get that big money. So I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't run it by him. I think it'd be a tough series, and you don't want to get like in a six, seven game series in the second round with Oklahoma City. Even if you beat them, they might bang you up a little no, bit. Oklahoma City, hundred percent. Oklahoma City and San Antonio are interesting playoff teams to me oh, because yeah. people are sleeping on them. I just, I, but Houston's played so well, and Golden State's Golden State that people have dismissed them. I'm also just trying to put out into the mojo of the world that Oklahoma City doesn't do well in the playoffs so Paul George leaves and has a better chance of coming to the Lakers I so this is I'm glad you brought this up okay I think it is the biggest mistake that the Lakers get Paul George why okay well first off I there's one player on the Lakers that I think could be Paul George like that's Brandon Ingram and I think if you bring him there you will stunt his growth and you'll stunt Lonzo's and Kuzma's growth because he's going to demand all the shots. He wants to be the star. He wants to be the, the face of the team. How and does that stunt Lonzo's growth, though, if Lonzo's a facilitator? 
Yeah, but at the same time, who's he facilitating? He's the same player. He's not working in the offense. It's all going to be about Paul George and how to get the ball to Paul George. I think if they wait and they go after Clay Thompson in a couple of years, that way you give enough time for these guys to grow. And Kuzma is is a good shooter. You're, you're, I see your face right now, and it is just a look I just, of think, I just don't think you can pass up on Paul George. <laughs> exactly. And you get Paul George. Exactly. Well, I, I understand what you're saying. Because 100%, no, I 100% know yeah, I what, what you're saying. saying. I get what you're saying. You know, he, he is a similar guy to Ingram, but he's a superstar. He's a, he's a handful of Paul Georges in the NBA. you got to get him when you can. But and I think, you know, when you have something that's – when an offense is centered around a person, then it opens up other things for their players – it, it may make Brandon Ingram's life easier. Exactly. I mean, he's, he, you know, he might have, instead of having the instead of having the star defender on him, he may have the second-tier defender on him because the star for the doubles are going to Paul George. I mean, we don't know, we don't know what would happen, but I just, in my opinion, you don't pass up on superstars. Agreed. When you can get a superstar. But if we don't get Paul George, I don't think it is like the end of the world. It's not. No, I think that that's the luxury that the Lakers have right now. They have the best problem to have in the league. Yeah, well, because they can take a superstar, or they don't have to. They have the guys. They have the young guys ready. But you take superstars if you can get them. Well, I look at it this way. I feel like that once. I mean, he was in with the Pacers by himself, and they were the seventh seed. They were the eight seed, but, seven but, seed, six but seed, look, but and see, he's going to be able to pull. This but he team. was also in the Western or the Eastern Conference Finals, like two out of three years in a row. And he made everyone on that team better. I mean, Lance, Lance but was I a mean, great compliment to Roy Hibbert was a great compliment. David George Hill, David West, yeah, they, yeah. Had a, they had a good team built around him. But at the same time, when it came down to just him, we were looking at Victor Oladipo, and he is doing more with basically the same crew. And I just look at it that way. It's like you're going to put him on a Laker team, and I don't know how much better I'd he argue makes that, you. I'd argue that Victor Oladipo has a better crew. I'd take Miles Turner over Roy Hibbert. Well, no, but he was same playing but with diff- – They're same but well, different. Miles I mean. Turner was there when George was there. Why weren't they better? I mean, the only real difference on that team was that George was gone. and they Well, Miles Turner was and, like 19. Yeah, exactly. Miles Turner I mean, is this a year is, ago. It's like – Yeah, no. Well, I but, mean, this is kind of his breakout. This exactly. Kind of his Miles Turner season. has – taking that next step and we're trying to see if he'll be able to even take another step i get what you're saying though i mean teams change i mean just because you have a superstar don't you know it the chemistry changes once you put someone new in just like john wall the 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 wizards are better with john wall i don't care 100 percent. i don't care if you take him out of lineup and everyone plays really good it's like oh well we're playing better than we played with john wall you still need john wall at the same time i believe and you got to put your best five out there and paul george is is a superstar well, I, I disagree. But. Yeah, no, no, no. But I mean, it, it, you're, I mean, no, you have, you have no, a good you guys point, have a good point. But I, I if, just, if he's not, I mean, like you said, if he's not doing all this and all that, then that leaves Ingram for more responsibility to become the player he should be. I just think with between Kuzma and Ingram, you already have two players that are Paul George like. I'd rather find it. Uh, I, I don't players. think. I don't I think, think they're George, like. Yeah, I think Paul George is a two-three. Yeah, I think they're very different from Paul George. That way. Paul George would be able to complement having players like Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma, and having Lonzo Ball as a facilitating, yeah, or a facilitating oriented player. Yeah. It just sets the table for these players yeah. to just flourish. No, Lonzo Ball is a perfect teammate for someone like Paul George. But exactly, he's also a two way player, and he, and Paul, Paul George, George is a candidate for Defensive Player of the yeah, Year this yeah, year. Yeah, and Paul George when he was with the Pacers, they tried him out at the four, and it was terrible. He hated it. So we know this is a 2-3 guy. 
Whereas, like, I think Kuzma is more the four, maybe some three. Exactly. Ingram, the opposite of that, three, maybe a little four. I mean, See, I think it can work, but, like, again, I think it's all in the luxury of the Lakers not needing a superstar, having, but having the money to get a superstar. Exactly. So, they have money and, also, and young talent. And also, to your point, I don't think Klay Thompson is going to leave the Warriors. I don't know. If I were him, I'd want to. Oh, oh, don't get me wrong. No, Clay I, Thompson says he wants to leave the Warriors. I think the Lakers should be the first in line. I, I yeah. agree. I, I don't think Clay's going anywhere. That'd be if if Durant, just, if Durant, Draymond, and Steve Kerr and all those guys are still there. Why would he leave? Exactly. Well, I mean, he kind of ends up playing like the third fiddle. Even then, he kind of gets. But when you're winning, third rings, fiddle, the greatest team arguably ever. Yeah. Yeah. Does, but does you're gonna, third fiddle mean anything if you got a ring on your finger at the end of the season? Or yeah. Five? But you look at. I mean, yeah. you could say like for Scottie Pippen. I mean, everybody knows he's great and everything like that. But look at Clay Thompson's look at Clay Thompson's personality as a person. Clay Thompson, he if he stays at Golden State, say he went, say he ends his career with four rings, he is all of a sudden a top five two guard of all time. Well, I just feel like that's never going to be that conversation because we never really got to truly see how great he really is because he's always going to get overshadowed. In by retrospect, Curry, I think the Durant. numbers will be there. He has good numbers. He's and the third the best eyeball, shooter of all time. Anyone that watched him play knows Maybe like how second. he could he's the greatest like one quarter streak scorer I've ever seen. Oh, I've yeah. never seen anyone have more just big one quarter. Were you there that. that night at Buffalo? He had his quarter thirty one points or yeah. Well, I've watched he's done that a couple times, hasn't he? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 So I don't think Clay Thompson's leaving Golden State. I don't know. So. I, I, and I and I definitely wouldn't hitch my wagon to a free agent that's a year out for the Lakers. Well, well they've been when doing that. Have, <laughs> they've been doing that already. Yeah, but look well, where but it's got them. Well, they're well they, doing, they haven't gotten anybody yet. Yeah, but they've <laughs> exactly. done. But they've that's done. What, it, that was my but, point. But they've done it at the. But they've done it at the same time as developing young talent. It's yeah. not, if they had no draft picks and they were just like trading their draft picks and getting veterans and, it, and trying to get the free agents that way, it wouldn't. It, they wouldn't be in the position they are now. Now they have all the power in the world. Yeah. I mean, they have good young talent. They don't need to add anyone, but they have a ton of money to where they can if they want if the opportunity comes. Fair so. point. Fair point. <laughs> so, another, uh, I guess, idea I wanted to pose to you guys was the past two seasons in the NBA, there have been at least a hundred combined triple doubles by players in the NBA. Obviously, last season Russell Westbrook became the first player since. Oscar Robertson to average a triple double for an entire season. Are triples are triple doubles becoming less impressive in today's NBA? Uh, I think I think we're looking at them the wrong way. I think with triple doubles, I think it was certain positions it's not as impressive because a lot especially with guards getting rebounds. That's my biggest one. How many times have you seen a ball bounce out to almost the three-point line and a guard just grabs it? There's no real skill there. It just came to him. I mean, a lot of times, even with Russell Westbrook last year, they boxed out a lot and allowed him to get the rebound. So it's it's not like he's in the paint fighting for all this stuff. I mean, he does get, get some putbacks, and all guards really do. But, like, Alonzo Ball is a perfect example of this. How, how beneficial is it to – Oh, I see Lonzo in the paint fighting for rebounds. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. On what? the defensive end, it's everything. Yeah. Oh, you have to have five guys. But I, I'm saying, like, for example, let's say he's fighting hard on the baseline, grabbing a rebound, get somebody. Now, it's great that he's going out there and doing stuff like that, and it's effort, and I like to see that. But at the same time, what's he do the second he gets the rebound? He slowly walks it up the court. And there's really no, no – not Lonzo ball. Not Lonzo. He's looking for the outlet pass. Or he's looking but to run. I, like, yeah. Well, I, 
I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm just seeing the different Lonzo out there. Because I don't see him. I mean, he's never that, like, crazy, like, hustle. Like, I'm going to go at you a 1,000 miles an hour type of guy. But I see him just, he walks the ball off the court. I don't need my point guard anytime on a team fighting for rebounds in the paint when I can have them up the court a little bit, maybe attacking the defense while they're in transition. I feel like the rebound stat is a little too high on the guard. I feel like small forwards and centers and power forwards, that's an important stat. You've got to be in the paint sometimes. You've got to get put backs. You've got to be doing that. When you're a point guard, shooting guard, you should be – it's like, okay, let somebody else fight for that rebound. I'm going to get back on defense or I'm going to get in transition here. Well, yeah, on the offensive, on the offensive end, you don't want your point guards rebounding. But on the defensive end, you have to have. Yeah, you need all five players rebounding on defense. Because it's so hard to get a rebound in the NBA. Well, I mean, not always. And and it's such a telltale stat of, like, success. Hustle, yeah. Well, it's success. I mean, good teams rebound. That's just how it is. Yeah, I mean, if you look look at the team stats for most games, the team that out-rebounded the other team usually won the game. I mean, the – I mean, there's an old saying. I mean, the defensive possession doesn't stop until you get the rebound. That's how, 100%. That, that's how it is. Yeah. Well, I'm not saying so much that it doesn't matter. No, no. I. But it's more yeah, of the fact that it's, it's, le- it's less impressive to see Russell run up in there well, it's, and grab a rebound when the bigs are being boxed out by his bigs. Exactly. So, But even but that's then, an effort. You have to, that's an no, effort. Well, yeah. And you also got to be willing to go down with yeah, those big bodies and yeah. fight for the rebound. And, and, and Russell and Lonzo are two of the, the bigger point guards. Exactly. Lonzo's 6'6", so. six, six, Russell's 6'4". Six, no, well, I'm not saying so much. I think that with those, we overvalue the triple-double as it's – truly amazing to me a triple double just says this person played really well they were they were active in all parts of the game and they weren't being they're not selfish but they're acting yeah. they, they were able to help everybody on their team win but at the same time where we're going to say it's like this is above all this is the one of the most impressive stats out there it depends on the triple double like if you had 10 steals or like 10 blocks that to me is way more impressive than you just got somebody goosed a couple rebounds to you and you got there. I mean, I just, I just think somebody getting double digits in three different statistical categories, no matter what they are, is still one of the most impressive things in a basketball game because that player had so much impact on that game. Yeah. I, and to, to answer your question, I, I, I'm someone that thinks it's not, it's not as glamorous as it, used, as it was two years ago. I think Russell Westbrook's season last year changed how people view triple-doubles. Um, just because it, I mean, I never thought I would ever see someone average a triple double for a season. And, Neither and, did I. And, and there it goes. The triple double used to be something that you would talk about as a, like a career night or like you know a season, like best game of the season. And now it's kind of just like, you know, Ben Simmons got a triple double last night. Joke, uh, Jokic got a triple double last night. And then you move on. We don't even. We never even talk about them anymore. I, w- I mean, I went back. It, it, Russell, it, and I think this. And real quick, I just think because we're seeing this is because of how basketball has turned into it used to the best at the best like player didn't always used to have the ball in his hands yeah. they used to play off the ball now the best players have the ball in their head it's just like the nfl the best athletes used to play running back now the best athletes play quarterback because you want the best players to have the ball in their yeah. hands and so i think what this i think what this is showing is that how dominant like a one you know your one guy is in an nba game now I mean, Russell Westbrook, LeBron, and James Harden are in the top ten all-time triple doubles. Yeah, all three of them are in the top ten all-time. That's insane. I grabbed I grabbed a couple stats to show you like the change of pace in which triple doubles have happened, even just over a long period 
because kind of slowly been building towards this, and then Russell just kind of broke the door down last yeah. year. From 91 to 2011, the NBA averaged 34.5 triple-doubles a year. That's roughly one triple-double in 36 games. From 2012 to 2017, they uh, the average jumped to 57 triple-doubles a year, roughly one in 22 games. So, I mean, it, and then and then I, I couldn't find the stats for this year, but, um, you know, it's just, well, this it's year, just not – it's, it's – it's changed because when something happens a lot, it loses its lackluster. This year, going into today, which is Tuesday, obviously there weren't games yesterday because of the national championship. There were 100 exactly on the dot triple-doubles for the season. Yeah, I mean, you got people like uh, and Jokic and Ben Simmons uh, just well, dominating I mean, I went and, back. and getting triple-doubles because they have the ball in their hands. They these guys aren't like these triple doubles from back in the day. It's not the same, you know. Yeah. Th- those were little career nights, and now it's just be- you have the ball in your hand. The usage is the usage of these star players is insane. But you also can kind of look into the style of play now. Everything is increasing the amount of possessions. Yeah, yeah, exactly, hundred yeah. percent. So hundred yeah. percent. More possessions, more and opportunities. They ha- yeah, they have. Yeah. There's more possessions in the game, and then these players are getting a bigger percentage of the possessions. So it's you know it's like an exponential growth. Yeah, like yeah. Harden has the ball in his hands every has, single yeah. possession. Exactly. Yeah, the usage is insane. So I, I think. It, well, I mean, if we look at all those. Look at the stats right there. I I think it's kind of fair to say that it's still impressive, but it's not. It's a I, stat now. It's, it used to be something that was like. Highlighted. Some no like end-all, be-all type it was a career, stuff. It was a career night. It because was like this guy just had the best game of his career. And it might never happen for him again. Yeah, yeah. and now it's not. Now it I just mean, shows you. Last now it's a stat. It's a it's an impressive stat. Just like, a, I mean, I think it's getting clumped in with double-doubles. So it's, it's Yeah, double-doubles. It's like if your big man doesn't have a double-double every night, it yeah. should be. If you can get 10 points in a game, you're. That's five dunks. Yeah. I mean, the only person who couldn't get 10 points in a game was like Ben Wallace. I mean, he'd be missing wide-open dunks. He'd be hitting the ball, hitting the rim, going to half court. So, I mean, like, everybody else, though, can score. Everybody can at least get a, a layup, like at least hit five layups or even at least get the free throw line a couple times. But for for you, is that kind of disappointing, that a triple-double? I don't – no, I don't think it's disappointing. I just think that – It's crazy because I just two still, years ago my opinion was – Hundred percent different. Yeah, I, I mean, I just feel like I still hold the triple double in such high regard. Yeah, because it was only it's two just years so ago. impressive. It was less than two years be, ago. I mean, you don't, you don't see this happen in high school. You rarely see it happen in college. When Oscar Robertson did it, he was playing. There was eight teams in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, and the Cel- and the Celtics and Lakers had twelve Hall of Famers. Out of the, <laughs> so two of the teams out of the eight had twelve Hall of Famers. So it's just like. You know, Oscar Robertson was doing everything for those teams, and he was playing against nobody. And so to do it now, now it's just so it, – it's still impressive, but now it's been watered down. Yeah, I didn't to look at the ever, talent that I, I didn't think I'd ever against. see it. Yeah, but you're seeing kind of average players get triple-doubles too. So that's, I think yeah, that's – because of the usage. I mean, yeah. Ben Simmons is a rookie. And he's almost averaging a triple-double. Yeah. 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 He hasn't even shot a. Three I mean, I, I mean, like how many he times? Shouldn't. How many times well, he are we hear now? It's like LeBron's been averaging a triple double since the All Star break, or Jokic has averaged a triple double this month, or yeah. Ben Simmons almost averages a triple double for the year. It's just not. 
I mean, that's Russell crazy. West, Russell Westbrook has six games left in his season, and he still has a chance to average a triple-double for a second year in a row. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's like We're gonna a triple-double see kind of arbitrary, though. I mean, if you saw LeBron have a 36-9-9 nine and nine night – yeah, no, that one doesn't that. matter. It, it just, yeah. I mean, over an average is much more impressive because that yeah. means doing it over a lo- yeah. extended period of but time. Even then, I mean, like Harden almost had a triple double last year too. I think he was, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was like close too. Yeah, he was eight point nine assists. I think that was the only thing. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, like that's still really impressive. Yeah, but I, I feel like I think maybe we just put a little too much importance on just saying three categories that get double digits. I would say. Maybe we've been put too much stock in this in the first place. Like, have haven't have either of you guys seen a triple double live in person at a, in, a, in an NBA game that you were at, not watching on TV? Uh, I don't think no, so. no. Usually, every time I went to a Pistons game, they were awful. <laughs> well, because it didn't happen before. It's only ha- the last two years. It's it's I, jumped exponentially. So, Kevin Durant's last year in Oklahoma City, I went and saw them play against the Lakers here in LA, and at the end of the game. I looked up at the score, the scoreboard, and I saw a line, and it was like Kevin Durant. He had like 21 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. Had no idea. Yeah. Had no idea. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just the kind of player Kevin Durant is, that he could do that on any given night. So I just think that having players of that caliber in the NBA is just so impressive and so much fun to watch that I still hold a triple-double in high regard. Well, also, it might be yeah. have to do with the uh, positionless. Oh, hundred percent. No, that goes back to the that goes back to yeah. Yeah, that goes back to usage and how the game is played. You put the you put the ball in the best player's hands. Ben Simmons would have never played point guard. You know what I mean? Like no, he's six ten. Russell Westbrook would have never played point guard. Exactly. If he'd have been Vince Carter on the perimeter, you know what I mean? That's you know Vince and Russell have basically the same body, same athleticism. One plays the three, one played the one. You know that's and by an inch maybe. Yeah. You know, nothing like too too crazy. So it's it, it is the way the game's going now. So anyway, I just wanted to have that little discussion just because I heard it on the radio the other day, and oh, yeah. I just wanted to hear it's, your guys' opinion. Yeah, it's crazy. Like I said, I never thought I'd ever see it happen. Now it's gonna happen a bunch in my lifetime. Yeah, exactly. So now let's get to the the regular season awards on who we who we think is gonna win these awards. Um, oh, is it who do we think is going to win or who we think should win? Well, who we think should win. Okay. Right. Basically, that, our my, prediction. That's my list. Our, <laughs> that's yeah. totally our prediction, my list. basically. Yeah. So, I mean, might as well just start from the top MVP. We're going to start with MVP? Do you, do you want to start somewhere else? No, no. I mean, that, that's fine. Start you can start with the big I like dogs. It. I like it. No, I mean, I might as well just start with the big the big one. All right. Let's hear it. It's Clark. Go for it. Uh, I mean, you have to give it to James Harden. All right. I disagree. Perfect. Okay. I just think, I mean, he's had he's on the best team in the league. He's yeah. averaging thirty point six points per game, eight point eight assists per game, five point four rebounds a game. Now I get the argument you could give it to LeBron every year, but yeah, I mean, like Brady and yeah. yeah. But as we've seen in the NBA, they're not going to give it to LeBron every year. And James Harden had an argument last year, but obviously with Russell last, Westbrook. The last two years, yeah. yeah. the last two years even. But with Russell Westbrook getting the triple-double triple average last year, you have to give it to him because that's historic. And, I mean, even if he somehow squeaks it out this year and averages a triple-double, it should be Russell Westbrook because that's so impressive to me, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. 
Yep. But with everything said, it should be James Harden this year. It's and been, to think to, to think that now Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden are all MVPs. I can't wait for that thirty for thirty in twenty five years yeah, to come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I thought about that too. That yeah, is that crazy. would be that's gonna be awesome. Just figure out what that team was like where you have three MVPs on there. But I look at it through this way. First off, LeBron, even though he's offensively he's having great numbers, he has been terrible on the defensive end. Agreed. He has been I honestly I think the last time I checked, he was like dead last in defensive like efficiency. Like dead last in the NBA, which is LeBron's been a defensive guy pretty much his whole career, and then it's like he just doesn't. He seems like he's only saving energy for offense. So anybody who thinks that LeBron should win it this year is just a Cavs fan, or <laughs> like that. There's no way. I agree, there Matt. Is, we're in a hundred percent agreement. Oh, no. Now, like I, I wrote down some names, just like I thought, just people that would be on there. Anthony Davis. I mean, he plays yep. hard. I like him a lot, but yep. he just does. It just doesn't equal wins. Yeah. Just, He's, he's a stat monster, and even though I think he, I would kill to have him on any team, like any team would murder to have him. Did you guys I believe just, he actually shaved his unibrow when he put that video out? I was just – I just want him to do it so badly. I, I thought just, he did, yeah, for sure. My thing is you can't do an April Fool's joke on March 31st. I know, that is the weird thing. <laughs> that was the dumbest thing <laughs> oh ever. Oh, my God, I didn't even realize it was March 31st. Yeah, was, it was the day before. That's why I thought – that's why I didn't think about it. That's why I was like, oh. Yeah. Oh, and Red, Red Bull sponsor. He it? he paid. He probably got paid by Red Bull so him, much. Yeah, for sure. I just want him to please, just please, God shave it. I, I, <laughs> everybody just acts like, oh, it's so cool. I'm like, no, it's not. It's, but to it's me, sick. I think that's like his Samson's hair. Like that's all he of his power. It. Yeah, he owns it. Maybe he'll get even better if he shaves it. We don't know. More aerodynamic. Who knows? Well, who knows? But uh, for me, I, I was really looking at it. And I thought, I'm like, how am I going to make a case against Harden? He's got the stats. He's on the best team. It's hard to make that case. But just like I, I remember back in the day, uh, it was the second year that Steve Nash was going to win the MVP. Which it sh- both of those should be Kobe's. I think, actually, I thought the second one should have been Sam Cassell on the Clippers. Get the fuck out of here. All right, you take Sam Cassell MVP of the NBA. Get the fuck out of here. No, I say that because I saw him take over the notoriously horrible Clippers. And he just jumped in there, and they were instantly in the playoffs. Instantly. And they only added Sam Cassell. And here's Steve Nash, built system just for him. He operates it perfectly. It's all built around him, just the same way that Harden, I feel that the whole system is just set up for him to have success. It's only for him. And it's going to give him monster stats. And it did the same thing for Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin is a marginal backup. Okay, and in New York, they were so upset when he got traded, like like they were giving away the the gold, like oh my god, we just traded Kobe. What are we doing? No, it's literally like a system that is built for whoever's the main ball handler to have huge amounts of success. It's huge amounts, and that's why it didn't D'Antoni didn't work in with the Lakers because Kobe's not a ball, he's not a distributor. He is a ball handler. He goes to the rim and he shoots, and that's it. He's the greatest right. player ever. Yeah, and nothing against them, but that system only benefits the guys who like to handle the ball, completely dominate everything. So guys like Chris Paul or James Harden, they're going to flourish in that system. Agreed. So to me, Victor Oladipo is the guy. He took a team that was barely on You're the You're saying playoff. Victor Oladipo is the MVP of the NBA. He should be. You look at his stats, they aren't really that far off. No, I mean, they're not bad. I'd, he's got less turnovers than I have than him James winning Harden. another award. Probably most improved, I'm assuming. We'll get there. Okay. Uh, I looked at... 
looked at his stats, and they actually, I mean, they get less points. They get less assists. But he literally, they added two people to that team. They lost Paul George and added Sabonis, who comes off the bench. And hey, Sabonis is, an, is a nice player. In no, the he's NBA. a nice player, but he's not going to all of a sudden vault you to what they could be end up being the three seed when it's all said and done ahead of the Cavaliers with LeBron James. To me, Victor Oladipo is completely jumped on the scene. He's made that team that much better. We knew Harden was going to get a crap load of stats, and I feel like people are saying it's it's Harden's just because I feel like they feel like he's owed it. Like he's always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Oh, this poor guy, he's got millions of dollars. I don't care about that stuff. I just think he deserves it this year. I just think if you – I don't like to – see, with the like NFL, I don't like ever to say if you're on the best team – Best they player be, on the best team. Win. Best yeah, it, like yeah, I can't yeah. stand that because yeah. well the NFL is completely different. But I know. But the, I'm using the NFL as an example to say like every time like was Matt Ryan really the MVP of that year the Falcons went to Super Bowl? Yes. But he just the whole offense the running backs were playing great everybody was getting the ball distributing and then the next year they have the same players and he doesn't perform as well. To me, I don't think he's different young. offensive coordinator. No, yeah, and MVP always. Go, I think MVP has always been one of those words where it's like, do you want to give it to the best player or the biggest, the most valuable to his team? Yeah, and no, so, I, which don't where, get me wrong. where Oladipo, Oladipo is one Oladipo. of the most valuable people to hundred percent. Without Oladipo, it's always, the worst team. In the it's league. always the debate of the best versus yeah. most valuable. Yeah, and yeah, to yeah, me, yeah. since the NBA has always kind of gone away. Jordan never got a unanimous MVP. You only have Curry Steph do it. Curry did. He got it one time. Like, we've only had one unanimous. And to me, it's like the fact that Derrick Rose won it one year. We should be looking to say who's the most valuable, not so much who put up the best stats on the best team, who's the best player on that I team. I definitely agree with that argument, yeah. Okay. So, I, I, I got pushback from you. I want to hear a little more pushback from you. What, on uh, Oladipo? Yeah. I, no, I mean, I like that you're giving him props. Yeah, no, I like, I like, that you're like it. Props. But he's not going to win MVP. Exactly. That's like, he's just not going to win no, it. No, Harden's that's, had it. Harden, as long as he's played most of the, of the season. I mean, that's the only reason they're just going to say, well, he has he played well for this team, but these guys' stats are better and they've done more. I mean, they, it was locked up at, at the All-Star break, who was the MVP. Well, I mean, as soon as Giannis fell off, yeah. No. Yeah. All right, well, LeBron James is going to win MVP. Oh, jeez. He's the MVP. No doubt about it. I, I, I want to hear this argument. I was it's like, not – It's not. to me now – He had them as low as the sixth seed. I, well, I mean, a month ago I didn't think there was any way James Harden wasn't the MVP. But now it's just like – now that I look at it, it's just no way LeBron does it. All right, so here we go. All right, you want to you want to hear the breakdown? I, I can't but, wait. I can't all right, wait. he hasn't missed a game this year. Fifteenth uh, season, uh, most minutes played in the, in the NBA, total minutes and minutes per game. He's first in total points. He scored more points than James Harden. Now James Harden has a better per game average because James Harden's missed time, but I only think that helps LeBron. So LeBron's first in total points more than Harden. Best LeBron's got the best field goal percentage in the NBA among perimeter players. Thirteenth overall, but best outside of centers and power forwards. Um, LeBron James averages 8.7 rebounds a game, more than James Harden. He's second in the NBA in assists per games and total assists, both more than James Harden. LeBron has 48 double-doubles this year to James Harden's 29. And then the ever-elusive triple-double, which last year we said, you know, (laughs) is the best stat, uh, 17 triple-doubles for LeBron this year to James Harden's four. Um, I think there's been a crazy amount of turmoil that entire year, and he stuck it out like he should. Um, because it's his team and his franchise, uh, he's 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 pulled it all together to where now they're looking fine. They're probably going to win. Now people are saying they're probably going to win the East when 
this whole year has been, you know, a dramatic. Boston and Toronto. Yeah, um, it, it's been a it's been a roller coaster ride the whole year, and now it's like, all right, well, LeBron's going to do it do it again. Um, I just don't think there's any way you don't give LeBron MVP for this season. Now, as much as it pains me to say this, I can't disagree with a word you just said. It's just too. It's too. I, I think, and watch him watching him play right now is. The dunks, the highlights. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like this guy is a fifth year player just entering his prime. I, I just wish everybody years could see Sklar's face as he's agreeing to this. Begrudgingly, his face is just contorting I, into I weird looks just to I, agree with I, I can't disagree uh, with a word he's saying. I just don't think you can give it to LeBron every year. No, you can't, but I mean LeBron doesn't how many MVPs does LeBron have? Three? Four, I think. You know, it's not it's not like LeBron has has dominated this award. Well, to me, I I it or I can't disagree with all most of those stats there, but I just look at that defensive. And 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 He's I still I heard you say I, I I hear you say this, but it's like I'm still not worried about LeBron on defense. I don't Neither think he's a liability in a playoff scenario. Well, that's Agreed. not what the, the, the award's playoff. about, though. Huh? That's not what the award's about, though. If we're talking about who no, can win but the finals, dude, but, I believe LeBron can do it all But the if way. we're talking defense and the MVP, what's, what James, what's James Harden doing? to deserve? Well, he has exactly. better defensive stats, though. I mean, he's no, not great. But, but James but, Harden but, is but a worse watch, defender than but, LeBron James. Yeah, if you're watching it, if LeBron wants to lock you up, he's going to lock you up. He's a help side defender. He plays the worst player. He guards the worst player on the team, and he plays help side, and he kind of controls that defense. It's, it's it's funny that you you bring up like James Harden's defensive stats and how Tyler and I are both saying how we both would trust LeBron James more on defense than James Harden. I was, I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day. It's interesting for me personally. Is like I'm such a big analytics guy in baseball, but in basketball, I rely more on the eye watch, test. You got to watch it. You have to watch I rely it. so much more on the eye test in basketball. Stats tell a lot, but not everything. Exactly. In and ba- baseball is a, is a stop, do a play. All right, let's do the math. Stop, do a play. Basketball is a, a, a flowing game, just yeah. like soccer. It's, well, yeah. it's just interesting to me that yeah. in, in, in this world in sports and, an, and analytics and where it's at in today's society, yeah. it's interesting for me to be someone who's more analytically driven in baseball and then in basketball, me rely more on the eye test. But the perfect example of that is Andrew Wiggins. If you looked at Andrew Wiggins' stat line, you're like, wow, he is really, really good. And then all of a sudden you watch him a game, it's like, oh, wide open dunk. Yeah, I'm oh, not a big, I'm not a big Wiggins guy, Yeah, I'm not big on Wiggins I also, either. I, I but I that's also the think thing. His, Why? Because you watch him in the game and you're like, okay, he's not really doing anything well, out I, there. I think his stats, What you, this is why I think you're seeing this. Is, and I, I only know this because I've been looking up LeBron shit all day. Wiggins was the number two guy in total minutes played and minutes per game this year. And I think Wiggins is getting – Thibodeau's the guy that played Jimmy Butler 48 minutes a game in the playoffs. Yeah. So Thibodeau's another guy that has a short rotation and will play you until you're, until you're done. I mean, Wiggins is playing 38 minutes a game. Yeah. So that's well, why his stats look good. And then when you watch him, it's like, well, getting 20 points in, in 38 minutes. You should have more than that. <laughs> Lou, exactly. You know, like you got people like Lou, Lou Williams. Williams would drop 50 in 38 yeah. minutes. Oh, LeBron is easily the He's MVP. been out of control this year. All right. Williams. So okay. th- we've had our MVP discussion. You think it's Victor Oladipo, Matt. Yep. Tyler thinks it's LeBron James. I think it's going to be James Harden. Yep. Let's move on to Defensive Player of the Year. And this was a name that Matt mentioned this already. Is a, this is a tough one. It was a very tough one. This is one you have to watch. You have to watch basketball. It's yeah, hundred percent. You cannot just look at this. Stats. Is why I struggle with picking this because but, I'm just missing a lot of games 
more than usual, and it's just like, I got to see it. I just think that this person is going to win Defensive Player of the Year as a consolation for him not winning MVP, but it's got to be Anthony Davis. He averages two and a half blocks a game. He's one of the best rebounders. He's one of the best rim protectors. As a consolation for him and what he's done since Boogie has been out, you got to give him Defensive Player of the Year. He's going to be, because they're doing, um, they have finalists now for these awards. Yeah. He's definitely going to be a finalist for Defensive Player and MVP. 100%. I think Harden Harden and Davis and LeBron are your MVP candidates. Yeah. And then I think he's gonna. I think Ant Davis is definitely gonna be a defensive player of the year candidate. Yeah. So I, I got Anthony Davis winning defensive player of the year. I mean, if you're if my pick, I would probably either him or Paul George would be my guess as who's going to win. Hundred. Yeah. But I, Rudy Gobert, that is sample size. He didn't play enough this well, year. Well, no, for me. that was the thing. I looked at that and I'm like, his stats really weren't measuring up to the rest of them. And then all of a sudden there was there was a stretch where he was injured and they lost a ton oh, of games. Yeah. He came back and all of a sudden they became one of the best defensive teams in the league. And they were on a win streak. They're going to be I, right now. I think they're the sixth seed. Yeah. In the in the West, and they lost Gordon Hayward. They lost uh, they lost Rodney Hood. They lost a lot of talent. And Gobert, he's just. He's just playing fantastic. No, I mean I, he definitely he definitely has an argument to be there. I just think because he missed so much time, he's not going to win it. He he's only that, played like thirty something games that, this year. Yeah, that is true. I'm, no, I'm not no, gonna, I think I think he got up there in games. He He missed a big chunk though. I think he missed about thirty games, something near yeah. there. I got I got Gobert winning Defensive Player of the Year as well. All right, too. I just think. Uh, when you watch them, he's their the center. Like I was talking about on offense, it makes everybody else' job easier. He is their defense, hundred percent. They're a defensive team. They allow the third fewest points per game, only giving opponents a hundred points a game. Um, the only two uh, teams that are fewer than that is Boston and San Antonio, um, and he and he's the one that makes it all work. That it, they have people like Joe Ingles out there playing defense. You know, they have a rim protector, and they are not letting people score because of Rudy Gobert. He dominates the paint. You cannot go inside on him. He's a shot. Yeah, he's block. the Eiffel Tower. He's a yeah. shot blocking machine. Um, Love that. Yeah, yeah, I just think he's uh, he's too good. I got Ru- Rudy Gobert. No, I mean player. if Rudy Gobert ends up winning Defensive Player of the Year, it's not like I'm going to say, oh no, somebody else should have won. No, it. no, there's, no, yeah. There's I'm definitely just, an Dray- argument for Dray- Rudy Gobert to be Draymond's, there. Draymond's uh, another name that should definitely be in there. Al Horford's going to be in the mix, I think. Yeah, um, I, that one kind of feels like a just like a legacy thing, like Al Horford. Same. Somewhere. I it's, agree with they that. They got a good they're, defense. It's they're, just they're only allowing they're only they're allowing their opponents to score 99 points a game. Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying that they don't have a good defense there. I just feel like okay, who are we going to give it to from Boston because they got a good defense? Well, Al Horford's the biggest name playing right now, so we'll give it to him. Well, yeah, and, yeah, I mean, because Kyrie's not known for his defense. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum too young. Yeah, exactly. it's got to be Al Horford. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. I just because because the, the centerpiece of you know their defense, every, everything's built around the inside. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So you both got Rudy Gobert. I got Anthony Davis, rookie of the year. I mean, this as, is this is a stupid one. As yeah. much, I mean, I don't think he's a rookie because yeah. he's missed time. Like, I hate this stupid I don't like, rule. Redshirt rookies don't impress me. Exactly, but it's gonna be Ben Simmons. He's almost averaging yep. a triple double. Yep. He's fifteen point eight points per game, eight yep. rebounds a game, eight point two assists per game. Donovan Mitchell deserves this award, but he's not gonna get it. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, I, uh, I, I just, I would be happy just to see Kuzma. 
just in the conversation. Oh, he'll be the in the conversation. Well, more of like just uh, at least put a, if they're doing like three finalists like they do with some of the other awards. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to just see his name in there. I think, but it's I, it's, be Mar- I think they're going to give it to Markkinen over. Oh, I forgot about Markkinen. Oh, Markkinen's impressive. Oh, yeah, I think it's going to be Markkinen, Mitchell, and – and Simmons are the top three, but Kuzma Ball. I think Kuzma. I think Kuzma is going to be at least a first team All Rookie. Yeah, definitely. Which is which reminds me, Tyler. That's what we should do. Uh, the first the first teams yeah. All NBA and All Rookie and all that stuff. So yeah. that'll be coming out on a on an upcoming episode of the TSK show. Yeah, teaser. But yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I yeah, it's just this is uh, this award doesn't really have any any. Uh, Shine to it because I wish everyone I knows say, they're going to give it to Ben Simmons. I wish I could say Lonzo because he's also averaging near a, tri- a, a near triple yeah. double, but everybody thinks he's a bust. So. Well, it's not so much the bust thing; it's that he gets. I don't know. I felt like this was my theory on Lonzo. I felt like they put too much pressure on him, way too early, and even how he plays so up and down. All right, his first game he ever played, he gets clowned on. He's not. He didn't. He plays bad. What's he do the next night? He's pushing the ball. He's trying to score as many points as possible. Then he kind of goes back to how he plays again. And then he has a bad night, and everyone says he's trash. And then he goes out there and has to prove everybody wrong again. I feel like if they would have just kind of backed off the attention on him, I feel like he could have had a lot more stable season. Because there was these, some of these games where he went like over not, six. Two points. Well, two points to that. One, that's not going to happen hey. when you're the second overall pick of the Los Angeles Lakers. Exactly. Two, I think if you really knew Lonzo's game, like if you, if someone really knows Lonzo's game and has seen him play a lot, like I mean, I watched basically almost all of his college basketball games, and I've seen him in high school before. You knew that the expectations the Lakers were setting for him weren't going to happen overnight. Yeah, yeah. He's well, ni- my he's thing 19. is, yeah, no, no. I that's my thing. I, I was a little. I, I'm not. I can't stand Levar Ball, and I think that kind of like dislike for him. Rubbed off on Alonso, even but though see, that's the Lonzo, problem. That's my you can't let that Lonzo happen. should be my guy because I've always been a fan of guys who are who are, are about facilitating, about doing the right play rather than making the flashy play. I've always liked those guys a lot, and that's why it's like with LeBron. It's like he's one of my favorite players of all time because of the fact he tries to make everybody better. So I, with Lonzo, he doesn't care about stats. He just goes out there and does L- it. But Lonzo's going to be a scorer by the by the well, days. Sh- oh yeah. I, to me, it's as long as you can hit o- open shots. But when you're shooting forty eight percent from the free throw line, and then you're the you, whole team sucks at free throws this year. Yeah, but at the same time, you're a guard. If you no, I agree. Good, I agree. If you're shooting when Andre Drummond shooting at the free throw line, I mean, you might start. It only makes at, them scarier to me, honestly. Like his percentages are only going to go up. And it's like then then what do you do? He's already you know he's already distributing the ball really well. He plays defense. He gets rebounds. I'm all glad, that kind of stuff. I'm glad the now, defense. Now once uh, his shot's gonna come, it's he's not one like, of their best defenders. You know, there's a lot. No, of, he, it's it's hard to shoot in the NBA, and and once that comes, it's gonna be he's gonna be it's gonna be toast. I, I mean, I think my first point to what I what you said was. And is the fact that that's not going to happen when you're the number two overall pick of the yeah, Los that's, Angeles Lakers. That's the, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, Any well, I, it didn't help that you got basically I mean, Magic said, Johnson turned into a hype man. Yeah. Said, oh, we're going to hang in the ra-. You didn't have to do that. Yeah. Lonzo's Agreed. a very under-the-radar guy. Back off a little bit. Yeah, but, I mean, also, they, they, they want also, Brandon Ingram to be Durant, and they want Lonzo Ball to be Jason Kidd. Like, this is the Lakers. This is how it goes. Exactly. Well, I'm okay with, like, there's there's normal pressure. And then there was what Alonzo had to deal with, where players were specifically going after him to make him look like a fool. But the, that's but not – But that's, no, that's, that's not what – That has nothing to do with Lonzo. Oh, no, exactly. no, but no, no. That's, that's, that has to do with them 
going way too hard about the hype. Alonzo had nothing to do with any of this. He just shows up and plays yeah. basketball. But that's, the pro- but that's the problem. Is like, like you said, some of your angst towards LeVar rubbed off towards Lonzo. That's my biggest issue with a lot of people hating against Lonzo is you can't hold Lonzo accountable for what LeVar does. And LeVar has been putting the same pressures that the Lakers are putting on Lonzo for Lonzo's entire life, and he's been able to deal with that and look at where it's got him. Yeah, but at the same time, I think he would have developed a little bit quicker to where he's at, and I don't think he's... He's not going to develop quicker. He's 19. Well, no, no, no. I'm saying where he's at the end of the season. I felt like he could have reached there a little bit quicker during his first year because of the fact that I felt there was this un-needed like, pressure. Every time he had a bad game, people were like, that's it. He's a bust. He's awful. He's garbage. Trade him right now. Just get but rid that's, of him. But that's people, that's people being idiots and not understanding the development of a basketball player and understanding how it works in the NBA. Yeah, but at the same time, you look at like De'Aaron Fox. He's barely even he barely even started a game, and there's no this in, this rookie class hasn't been as great as it was supposed to be. Yeah, especially Josh Jackson. People oh. in the draft where he was Jesus Christ coming back down. Like he was just like, oh, here here he is. Phoenix is getting all excited, and and he's done nothing. I mean, you need guys that can make plays. Those guys were just like just, athletes that need other people to make plays for them. Exactly. So. Anyway, enough about the rookies. Let's move on to the sixth man of the year. And, I mean, this should be unanimous. This is unanimous. Lou Will. Yeah, 100% Lou Will. Uh, my argument against him, he's kind of just went into the starting lineup. Like, he's only started 19, 19 games. Yeah. 76 games played. Mm. I mean, I, <laughs> I can't. Shut you up real quick there, I Matt. I mean, hey, I don't know. Me, I think the toughest job that anybody's had all year has been Jordan Clarkson. Oh, yeah, 100%. Jordan Clarkson, like Lou Williams. He's getting out there. I mean, Eric Beverly went down, and he got a lot more Jordan minutes. Clarkson will be a finalist for sixth man of the year for sure, especially because now he's on the Cavs, and he's on a team that will go to the playoffs. Yeah. Well, I mean, they technically stopped voting before the playoffs starts. But, but we know he, how that works. But I mean, either no, but either way, if he was on the Lakers, he wouldn't – if he was still on the Lakers, he wouldn't have been in the conversation for sixth man of the year because the Lakers aren't anywhere near the playoffs. To me, that shouldn't matter too much because what I, what I saw, there were so many games where – they're down, and then they're down by, like, 10 points. All of a sudden, last three minutes of the game, they go, Jordan Clarkson gets in there, and he starts scoring like crazy. Because that's all he wins. does. That's yeah. all he's done his entire career is come off the bench and been asked to produce. Yeah. So I, he's had a tough job. He had to sit behind. He should have been starting on, on that line, the, the starting lineup for the whole year, I think. With for the, the Lakers? Lakers? Yeah. I would have liked to see. Well, I think he's more comfortable coming off the bench. Well, I mean – this would have been his good opportunity to kind of show off because, I mean... He's had plenty of opportunity, though, here in L.A. Well, He's been inserted into the starting lineup. I mean... It hasn't proved to be... It hasn't proved to work as well as him coming off the bench. But at the same time, there was two different... Like, that's different units. This team's actually got some depth a little bit to it now until they traded... I was pretty pissed about them trading Nance. I thought that was a dumb move. He's just but, the odd man I, I mean, out. Yeah, exactly. He's the, we, we've talked about this multiple uh, times. Yeah. He's, He's so the odd valuable. man out. He was so valuable. The Lakers, the Lakers had to get rid of. You had to get rid of somebody. The Lakers had the best problem in the league when they had Ingram, Nance, Kuzma, and Randall all on one team. But, Nance just happened to be the odd man out. But what? also, Kuzma does things that Nance doesn't, and that's shoot the ball from the outside. Yeah, but Which yeah, you have to. To do. me, I felt like Nance. He ran the floor well. I thought he could play that Draymond. No, role Nance is great. Oh yeah, I love Larry Nance. Yeah, no, he's great. All right, and uh, so. I've been seeing a lot of stuff on Eric Gordon. What do you guys feel about that? I mean, he's, he he's was also another. I think he was also another guy. 
He was another guy that I looked at, but he won it last year. They don't. I don't think they're going to give it to him back to back. Lou Williams. He's he should have been an all star. He should have been all of everything this year. Yeah. So they yeah, they got to give it to Lou Will. Lou Will is going to get it this year, I think. What, what is his second or third time winning? I think it's his fourth. Oh wow! No. Or no, that's Jamal. Sorry. Jamal had three. Yeah. Yeah. So he's at max of two. Yeah. Yeah, but seeing some people talking about Jamal Crawford winning again, it was like, I don't think so. No, wow. he, he hasn't been he's the same 37. player. Yeah, he just <laughs> hasn't been the same player in Minnesota. Yeah. I feel like he's been 37 for like 10 years now. <laughs> Dude, he looks like he's 22. I know. Yeah. Looks he's like got some like, weird age thing going on with him. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. He's in Seattle in him. Yeah. So, yeah, so Lou Will, you think it's going to be Eric Gordon? Yeah, I – I'm thinking it's Eric Gordon because everybody's loving hey. Houston right now. Hey, if Eric Gordon wins back-to-back uh, six-man of the years for Eric Gordon, that's pretty tight. Yeah, he's uh, a solid player. I, I'd like. I'd rather see the like Lou Williams winning if it, if if I had a choice. I, who I think should be it should be Jordan Clarkson, but <laughs> I, I would like to <laughs> see. Oh, Lou Williams. Hey, in some different. No, names. I like I like I like the Jordan Clarkson pick too because I'm still rooting for Jordan Clarkson because he is a Laker at heart. He yeah, started yeah. out with the Lakers, and I just love the way he and plays. They threw him away like. Yesterday's trash. He was odd well, man out. Yeah, exactly. Odd man out. Should trade Alonso. So <laughs> now bite your tongue. Yeah, wait. <laughs> hold on. Get uh, Matt. I might ask I, you to leave the podcast. I know. I just want to see everybody's reaction to that one. So now, most improved. I think this is another unanimous. See, I don't think it's going to be unanimous anymore. Really. Well, I mean, there's no. some good. There's some good names out there, though. I mean, yes. Okay, I, actually, I, I was able to put together five names for this award. I can probably put two, but I think Victor Oladipo's for sure going to win it. Victor oh. Oladipo's for sure going to win it. Stop. But so difference from this year and last year. All right, Victor Oladipo last year fifteen point nine points a game. This year twenty three point three. Last year one point two steals. This year two point three steals. Um, last year two point six assists. This year four point three assists. Um, only averaging one more minute per game, so he had bumps and he had bumps and all those stats was just off of one more minute, and he also raised his field goal percentage, his free throw percentage, and his three point percentage from last season. Yeah, no, I mean there's there's no doubt in my mind that it's going to be Victor Oladipo, but if I were to give it to anybody else, it has to be Julius Randle. Julius Randle, that's a good one. That has a ba- to be Julius Randle. Unfortunately, it's a back half. I think. It is a back half, but it's also what he's it's, playing for. Yeah. He, I mean, the, no, I mean so much he, uncertainty. He played with, his way out of getting not getting traded. Oh, 100%. That's, that's, and that's, that's why true. Nance is in Cleveland. No, 100%. Because Julius Randle – Julius is not even one of the five names I have. Yeah. Well, that's, I, that's I'm crazy. just being a homer. Yeah, but yeah, no, I mean, no, he's no, had no, it. I picked the Laker, too. Uh, I, I was watching a lot of summer league games, and I saw – Please Brand, tell me – Oh, Brandon Ingram – was playing like garbage. I, wait, I, I thought you. I, I thought you were gonna say Avita Zubats for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, I was watching Brandon Ingram play like garbage. I didn't know if he was gonna. Like, there's a lot of pressure on him to be as good as a lot. Like, he's a second pick, so I'm thinking like he's got to be reach up to Ben Simmons level. But also, yeah, like, they want him to be Durant. I mean, but also, like you said, Magic Johnson challenged him to average 20 points in a game. 20 points. For a season, and he couldn't do it this year. No, me, I well, wish. I wish that was the was thing. Most I, improved player. Yeah. I no. Well, that, what I, what I saw from him is like he struggled go, driving to the rim. All of a sudden, he started getting a lot better at that. His shooting got better. I. It wasn't so much stats for me. It was more of just like I thought he was going to be. He might. I, I was verging on like, is this guy a bust? And then all of a sudden, this year, I'm watching games, and he's he seems. I, I see the development there, and he's really taken a big leap this year. 
because last year I just didn't feel like he played some point this year. Yeah, I, I liked I him. I liked him bringing the ball up this year. Yeah, I, I thought he was he played have. really well, and I I, it, I know it's going to go to Victor Oladipo, but that, I just wanted to make like more of a. Yeah, that, that's my shout out. I did yeah. a little early. I like it. It was Brandon Ingram. I was oppressed. <laughs> I think that, I was happy with it. The other guys, though, the ones that I think there's some guys that really deserve it. Clint Capella. Clint Capella to me. I mean, but he but he's the product. He has a good situation. Different than Oladipo. Like yeah. Oladipo was not put in a situation to win this award. Clint Capella was. I also really like Dejounte Murray. Uh, shout I out to Jante. Shout out another Seattle kid. I think he he did he did a, I mean I think he's made a huge stride. I mean enough to where they bring in Parker off the bench now. Yeah. Um, and then Spencer Dimwitty. Although Spencer Dimwitty's is over a two year span. I think last year he had a good case to win it, and then this year I think he made a, himself another good case. Um, and then the final one is uh, Jalen Brown. I think I think Jalen Brown's a good name too. I, I think all those guys had uh, really good seasons. They all stepped up in a big way. I can't. I can't argue with any of those names. Yeah. Oh, I, the one I wanted to add, but I he just didn't have that great of a back end of the season was Tobias Harris. I thought yeah. when his first half the season with Detroit, he's an interesting he was, player. He was scoring way more than he was the the year before. He finally he was one of their go to guys to start yeah, the season. Seven year vet, and I don't think he's twenty five yet. Yeah. No, yeah. he's young. He's so, still got a lot of basketball a, yeah, ahead of him. Yeah, yeah, that was like I was kind of disappointed to see him get traded as a Pistons fan. Yeah, absolutely. But he at was the a same time, good pickup. Yeah, he could do a lot of things. But with the Clippers, he kind of lost his way a little bit. Just, I mean, it's a new team, so I don't blame him for that. But that would be somebody I would definitely him throw and Boban though. That is a funny, funny <laughs> friendship. That's, oh, uh, Boban. that's some length too, man. <laughs> Boban is one of the freakiest looking dudes in the NBA. He's just so his skull he's is making, a, he's like making giant people look small. Have you seen a picture of him next to his wife? Uh, I think his wife is maybe 5'3". She's, She's probably 6'3". He just looks 5'3". <laughs> uh, so, so, yeah. Um, coach of the year? Yeah, coach of the year. All right. I think I think this one's uh, – I got a pretty strong opinion on this one, too. It's Dwayne Casey. I also have Dwayne Casey. Um, I just think because, of, because I know that he sat down with DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry this offseason – um, Toronto's been a team that's been trying to get over the edge, but they haven't made personnel changes, per se. Um, so yeah, they, they re- did it in a philosophy way where they changed the way they played. He asked DeRozan and Lowry to play less minutes, and he asked them to pass more. Um, and they, and they've, they're going to win the East. So, yeah, no. So, I mean, I, mean I think he's done a great job coaching. Um, yeah, Dwayne Casey. I think I think, I think they have to give it to, to Dwayne Casey for every, everything you just said, Tyler. Also, like you said, first in the East. Um, but also just as a testament to what the Toronto Raptors have done over the past like three to four years yeah. of that consistency of always being in the hunt. Yeah. Yes, yeah. they've never got it done in the playoffs, but they've been a consistent regular season team. Yeah. W- two of the most dynamic scorers and a great backcourt. Yeah. They're not, they're not ready to give up on the team. That's exactly. A good sign. They, exactly. They've gotten production out of uh, all those second-year guys. They have like three second-year players that have all stepped up this year too, so – I mean, he made it. He made a coaching change, not a uh, not a roster change. Yep. And and that's I don't see that a lot in the NBA. And and to get over the hump of being LeBron, I like that they took an approach of say, hey, we don't need another guy. We have our guys. We just need to play more efficient, better basketball. And speaking of all of this, I just got an alert on my phone. The Cavs just beat the Raptors. 
112 to 106. Kyle Lowry had five points and was two of 11 from the field. Yeah, these last so two losses. My, these last you two sold losses. me on it. Now I'm done. That was the horrible choice. All right, <laughs> horrible choice. No, I'm kidding. No, no the, you, the, you the sold la- me on the, that. The, I, la- the last. I mean, the last two games that Toronto's lost to Cleveland. That is not are, good. No, they are. They are already mentally the little brother. Yeah. playing LeBron. They can like. They cannot guard LeBron. They're, LeBron is going to dominate that seven-game yeah. series. But OG Anogui is not guarding LeBron James. Yeah, but still, Dwayne Casey, coach of the year. Man. I, I, I Brad Stevens, though. Shout-out to Brad Stevens. Oh. Um, losing Gordon Hayward in the first two minutes of the season and continuing that success. Yeah, and just seeing everything Kyrie that he's Irving, done. Bringing in you know, basically a whole new team. Um, Brad Stevens is my, my second. I, I would say Scott Brooks needs a shout-out there, too. In Washington, hey, yeah, I thought he's done a great job. Kind of slipped up. The, well, they they were they were looked at to me as someone who should have been in the top four seeds in the. East. I think that's the difference between the Raptors and the Wizards. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, I'm, I'm not saying it should the... be over Dwayne Casey. I think. No. Yeah. Yeah. You, well, you, yeah. Honestly, I was a little iffy on him just because I'm like, because every year I usually see the same coach. It's whoever has the best record, or it's a brand new coach to a new team. That yeah, they just give it to him. Agreed. A, so I, I kind of went in a different direction. I, my top pick until you sold, changed my mind. Uh, I would have said Quinn Snyder of the Jazz. Yeah, I like Quinn another Snyder. great choice. Another great He's choice. He's lost so I, last, much. Last year, still, he, last year he had the really good argument to do it. Yeah, and but then, they had to give it to D'Antoni last year because mm-hmm. new coach, great record. That's yeah. how it goes. Yeah, I mean, if you change, if you turn around a franchise, like yeah, you deserve you, it. You deserve it. But I do like. I just. I really like that I, I – I'm glad that I watched enough Raptors games to, to learn that that was what they did. Yeah. That was really interesting to me. I'm also they, very surprised that we agreed that it, on Dwayne Casey. I thought for sure you were going to say Brad Stevens. Yeah. No, I like I said, Brad Stevens is second close, but – or a close second. But I just I, I just love the idea of – I love the idea of not blowing up your team. I, I think I think the NBA tends to blow teams up um, – a little too often. Uh, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being a perennial playoff contender. You know, doing stuff like this is what you should do rather than blowing rosters up. Yeah, yep. I agree. I like that. So, I mean, you guys did executive of the year. Yeah, I just, I just, I just because I think Sam Presti really deserved executive of the year this year. Yeah, he's done a hell his, of a job for his off season changing Enos Cantor, Oladipo, Sabonis, and McDermott into. Two of the biggest names in basketball, Carmelo Anthony and Paul George. Uh, I just that's that's impressive. Yeah, to me, I, like that, I've loved Sam Presti. His yeah. drafting, he's yeah, as a Sonic. Uh, well, for like what one year? Yep. Okay. <laughs> no, it, but, it, uh, it was long. It was longer. Hey, than KD one year. was a Sonic too for one year. Yeah, no, it was it was longer than one year, but it, it wasn't <laughs> very long. It was like three years maybe. But uh, for me, I I just thought what Kobe Altman did with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Literally having a roster imploding on itself, and in 12 hours, he literally fixed yeah. every issue. Yeah. And they're even set up better yeah. for the future yep. because they got younger and more athletic. Say Chris Paul doesn't care for the Houston Rockets, they got enough cap space to get him in there, or if they want to make 
go big, which I think they should do. They go after Boogie Cousins, the free agency. Yeah. They got they got flexibility now, and they never even had to trade that number one pick. No, I know. I, I, yeah, I'm no, a big fan not, of Cleveland's uh, uh, upper management. They've not trading done, that number one pick was huge for them. Yeah. They've always done what they needed to do to keep LeBron. It's always yeah. just kind of been up to LeBron whether he wants to do it or not. But yeah. they, they do everything that they can. If I if I were to give executive of the year, it would probably either be Kobe Altman or Danny Ainge, just to see. Danny what he, Ainge could get it every year. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Dan- Danny Ainge and uh, Danny Ainge and Sam Presti were the ones that made Ray Allen to Boston happen. Yep, he ain't lying there. That was that was Danny Ainge's like first move. Yeah, so I guess that wraps it up for the NBA, the, the NBA regular season. LeBron's the MVP. People don't. <laughs> Don't listen to these idiots. <laughs> no, normally, normally I'm a I'm a huge LeBron guy, and this is one year I just I, I just don't think he you you could make a case literally. He's never year. played 82 games, but that, to me that really doesn't mean that much. Oh, that means a lot. Because I mean, you got LeBron be... every single night. He's taking responsibility to be there because this is his franchise. All right, but you played 82 games, and this is probably the lowest seed he's been since when he first got to Cleveland. I mean, that's the three seeds. Uh, I don't know. Three seed. That's still pretty. That's still pretty legit. It's LeBron James. He's the greatest and player in the world. He they can play, get a they one can seed play, if he they, wants to. They could play. They could play Toronto seven games in Toronto, and LeBron's winning that series. Oh no, and I, I agree with that. But just do it in the regular season. <laughs> you got your MVP. That's, what That's it. it. Is. it no, yeah, there we go. All, All right. right, two minute drill. So yeah, so Tyler Tyler came up with this idea. He wanted to do a two minute drill. He's got five topics that Matt and I will discuss for two minutes each. Yep. Uh, we have no idea what the topics nope. are. Nope. I'm playing quarterback here. I'm running the two-minute drill. Yeah. Um, so. so, yeah, I, I, I basically came up with, like, five discussion topics. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. These guys have no idea what I'm going to say. I'm going to start the clock. We've got two minutes to talk about each of them. I'm interested to see what, uh, what we got. All right, you guys ready? Is yeah, there, is I'm there a winner in this? No, there's no, no winner. No, if it's I, just to keep it moving. If I <laughs> beat Eric, can I get my name in the show? Just like right in front of his? No, I'm, that's just not. I'm making that executive decision now. That's just not happening. But it's there you go, Tyler's Matt. game. All right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but Matt's two minute drill. <laughs> <laughs> or two minute drill brought to you by Matt. <laughs> exactly. I like that. All right, you guys ready? All right, let's do let's it. Let's do it. All right. First discussion Did, we, did the NFL fix the catch rule? I'm going to tell you, one, it, the, if you haven't heard, um, it's been changed to number one, control the ball, number two, two feet down, and then number three is a, a football move. Have we fixed that problem? Yes. How did we? F- I mean, yeah, it, it basically solidified the Pittsburgh catch. It solidified the Patriots catch. What, so you're talking the Jesse James catch? Yeah, the Jesse James and the, catch. And the Des Bryant. And, and the Des Bryant. It, fi- it, it clarified all of that. And that was that was the biggest discussion in the sport was what's a catch? Yeah. And this gives us solid ground rules and things to look at that definitively tell us if it's a catch or not. And do you think it gives? Or actually, I'm gonna let you go first. Well, uh, my my thing is I think it's a lot better than the rule they had before. Yeah. When you say football move, though. That is up for interpretation. That is a very slippery slope. I exactly. agree with that. That's the only thing that makes me pause about that. But for the most part, I really like it. The Jesse James catch, out of all the catches. That, that one's I, close. I, that, to me, wasn't he's a catch. down. I, I don't think he had – like, you have to just – is it that hard to just catch the ball and then, like <laughs> – Yes, it? it is. Apparently, it, just, it is. It, instead of, like, trying to just reach over, you just catch it and just – 
catch the ball. I, like smart players never really run into this. It's always a, like somebody doing just trying to do too much. All right, Des Bryant and taking nine steps, holding the ball, trying to reach it out, do a backflip while he's trying to reach for a touchdown. It's like just catch the ball, <laughs> get across the line. Get, exactly. So what I so what I liked about that was the the football move thing. What I think that did was it gave it more control to the refs to make the judgment call on the field because. You know, the slow motion fucks with how you see things. Oh, 100%. So I think seeing it in game speed, and, and we know what it catches. Did he catch the ball? We know if yeah. that ball touched the ground or not. Exactly. So I'm, I'm excited that I think the football move was a way of a piece of language to be like, you know, catch the ball two feet down, and then it's like the refs see it. You know if it's a catch. You know, also another thing, it could be seeing increased fumbles too. So Absolutely. Just, oh, yeah. yeah. Hassel, Matt Hasselbeck said um, that's going to be the first thing everyone uh, – Oh, there's two minutes. Oh, all right. All right. Okay, so now we're going to the next one. Oh, got to stop this one. All right. Now, does Cleveland make the, the playoffs? Do the Cleveland Browns make the playoffs? Go. No. <laughs> they don't make the playoffs. No. But I will say they win three to four games this year. Three to four games. Yes. They have, they have a serviceable quarterback. I said serviceable. Not good. Not bad. Not great serviceable they have a receiver in juice landry they're if they don't draft saquon barkley i don't know what they're thinking so i mean that's really what it depends on is how they do in the draft but if they draft correctly and if they draft not how they've drafted in the past yes they will win three to four games no they will not make the playoffs there is no way they make the playoffs unless somehow that all these like tom brady just says you know what Cut me, Patriots. I'm going to the Browns. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way. There's no way. Literally every other player in the NFL has to die for that to happen. Like, there's just – I don't know. So so, so we're putting it mainly on the quarterback position? Well, to me, I – I mean, that's what – We're talking draft. If, if they go Saquon Barkley with the first overall pick – They're going to have to because if they don't, they somebody go else Sam is going to – Darnold. That is the only clear-cut choice. I, I'm, I'm hoping that they wait to take a quarterback not with the first pick. Well, to me, I no. hope they don't go Darnold first. Well, no, because if they do go Darnold first, then that means whoever's at two, I think the Giants, they're getting Saquon Barkley. Yeah, uh, I don't know that. I heard the Bills are trying super hard to jump up to the number two spot. But for that's, me, I mean, that's I think Cleveland should if, trade that number from a thing. GM perspective. Well, all right, from a GM, I have a theory on that, Tyler. But a GM perspective on that: if you try to get cute and try to take a quarterback at four, all right. What you do, once you take a quarterback at one, you start that panic for every other team to want to trade up to go get it. That number four pick now is worth a fortune. So if somebody's getting desperate and thinks the Broncos are going to get a quarterback they want, they will trade everything in their mother to get that pick. Here's my theory. Here's my theory. Oh. So I'm, you, I'm going. I, I'm, I'm wow, doing I, my theory. Right, right, do do your theory. I was getting kind of like I, I needed to hear it. I was like on the edge of my seat. The Giants need to somehow – trade for either the the one or the four pick but they send odell to cleveland and team him up with his former lsu teammate juice landry oh god that'd be fucking insane i if that happens i mean i think i i think the browns have a legitimate shot at pushing for the playoffs this year this is why i asked this question it's interesting you guys were on a strong yeah. strong note but it's because of the, the cleveland browns yeah well, yeah the, i understand they, they didn't gotten, win it they didn't win they a game have, they haven't gotten better on defense Hugh Jackson. Their offensive their lines got worse. Yeah, Hugh Jackson's a joke. All right, here we go. Here's 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 question number three. What Andrew Luck will we see this year? Will we see elite Andrew Luck 
will we see a different Andrew Luck or will we not see him at all? We're going to see a different Andrew Luck. I don't care what anybody says. The elite Andrew Luck is behind us. He Two has, years now. Exactly. He hasn't played in two years. There's no way he's in any sort of football shape. He's been dealing with this sort of injury. It's with his neck, right? Yeah. That's not good. That's You could be paralyzed if you get hit the wrong way. Yeah. He's going to play a lot more conservatively. He's not going to run around as much. We're going to see a completely different Andrew Luck. I'm not – I think it will go back to – I think it's going to be like a boom or bust situation for him. Like if it got in his head. Well, that's the which question, I, I've seen – Is it a boom or is it bust? I'm going to work answer, that. Well, answer the question, it. Matt. So I, I look at it like Charlie Batch actually started out his career with the Lions. He actually was a solid quarterback. and But then he you got You complimented injured. a Lions player. I'm just – I'm pointing this, that out. This was – yes. All right. I like Charlie Batch. All right. He was a good backup in the Steelers for years. But he – Got injured and was never the same. If that's got in Andrew Luck's head, it's it's over for him. His career's done. But if he, I I don't think he is. I think he's got a strong enough constitution. I I don't think that like the physical part is gone. I think he's still there. And the thing is, it's a more mental game than ever. We're seeing like ninety year old quarterbacks still playing right now. Yeah. So yeah. It, I, I physically, I don't think a, you might see him stop running as much. But I think that's might be a better testament that they've actually made improvements on the O line. And I think I think we'll see, I I think we'll see the old Andrew Luck start coming back, and you're probably going to see a whole shakeup in the uh, AFC He's South. The, he was the highest graded highest graded quarterback by Mel Kiper ever. And so this oh, is a kid I that was a, a, a that kid too. that's been in the uh, playoffs every year, other than the last two years when he didn't play. So it'll be interesting to see if he can. Yeah, come no, back. I mean, I'm. I hope he comes back good. I hope he comes he, back yeah, better than ever. That's, I just don't think it's going to happen. It's it's going to be interesting to see what what happens to him. All right. Dang. We're getting I right know. on the money yeah, here. Not, Other not. than the Browns, we, we were dead yeah. on that one. Yeah. No, I just had to get that theory in because I, I, oh, love, no, the, I, wanted to hear I love the idea of teaming Juice Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. back they already got, And they have Josh Gordon, too. So yeah, exactly. Oh, oh don't, don't get me started on Flash. And so, all right, here comes question number four. Brady's getting older. Gronk's might be there, might not be there. Edelman's coming off an injury. The Patriots just traded Brandon Cooks. Shout out Los Angeles Rams. Do, does the NFL still feel fear the New England Patriots? Of no. How, how would they not? They've been in the Super Bowl the past two years, won one, almost won this one, and you're looking at you're looking at who in the AFC is really primed up to beat them. Doesn't Anybody? matter about the AFC. So but you think about it: if they have no real teams in the AFC that's going to challenge them, who's in the Super Bowl? The Patriots again, and then you got you have a one game. in a one game playoff. Brady's tough to beat, but exactly. just because but just because you get to the Super Bowl doesn't mean you're going to win it every year. No. I know, but anytime you have Belichick and Brady in a one game situation, that's you know they're going to come up with a great scheme. You know that he's going to be precise. He threw for what almost 500 yards in a yeah. Super Bowl, and they yeah. lost. I mean, yeah. they were hanging on for dear life. Like, Eagles were just, like, clenching their seat. I'm just a big believer that the Patriots are in the twilight of their dominance. I don't think Brady has another five more years left in him, like he says. I think... At least five. (laughs) (laughs) I think that all of the rumblings that we heard from that big 
in-depth ESPN article. Yeah. It's like the San Antonio Spurs. You yeah. don't hear things like that coming out of the, these types of organizations. And when you do, when there starts to be these cracks in the wall, yeah. it's going to burst eventually. They become they're, they're, these were immortalized franchises that you didn't think you could crack, and now, and now they're cracking. Yeah, you know, no, is, I think, is Belichick? You know, is Belichick losing it? Is is you know there, there could be a lot of different I, things going on with New England. No, right and now. that's the thing. I think they're on the downside too. The fact that we traded Jimmy Garoppolo for just a bag of chips, like all right, that's that says that says some stuff to me. And letting his almost having all his coordinators walk. I mean, there's yeah. some stuff going on, and, but I I still. Well, well, they trust. got back McDaniel's, I'll, right? Yeah, they yeah. got back McDaniel's. Yes, yeah, I mean that's that's big time. All right, final question: Can the Rams win the Super Bowl this year? They have added Brandon Cooks and Domkin Sue, Akeem Talib, Marcus Peters, and more. It seems like they're in a one-year Super Bowl run. Can they win it? I mean, on paper, yes, they are going to win the Super Bowl on paper. You still got to play. Exactly. You still got to play. I have the utmost faith in them. Sean McVay has proven he is a talented coach and not just a talented coordinator and quarterback guru. Mm -hmm. He's shown he can lead a team. And, I mean, I said it, I'm pretty sure I said it last week or the week before. The Rams are taking a page out of the Seahawks book. Yeah. You have a, a, a quarterback who's on a rookie deal whose window of potential is immense. Yeah. And you're surrounding him with all of this talent on short-term deals. But it's a win-now mentality, and they're trying to change the culture here in L.A., which they have in just a season. It's completely day and night from the Jeff Fisher era. So, yeah, yeah, why not? The Rams are winning the Super Bowl this year. Nope. And all of it rests on Goff's shoulders. I don't trust that guy at all. He couldn't win a Cal. He's not – I mean, you can't look that bad your rookie season. But this isn't Cal. Cal is up north. We're in L.A. now. This is the okay. city of champions. Okay. Which we play Goff like champions. Get ran out of town. All right. So that's – Goff, it, that's where it comes down to. I think the defense is good enough because if you can win with Peyton Manning with the Broncos that final year where he, exactly. was, he couldn't throw past 10 years on the field, you have an opportunity. But I just feel like Goff is just going to be the hindrance. I don't think he's – you have I, the team goes as far as Goff goes, but you have man. two of the best quarterback rushers in on the, the league interior. on the interior. Yeah, yeah. But if you're playing, but and Eagles, but look at also, I but mean, look Todd Gurley is, Gurley is yeah, the Jackson. big thing for me. I think Todd Gurley makes Goff's job a lot easier. Hundred percent. But also look at all the draft picks they've compiled for this year in all the trades they've done. Yeah. They're gonna get an outside pass rusher they're gonna get the pieces that they're missing in the draft and they're gonna all develop it's gonna be great rams are winning the super bowl there we go two minute drill you that heard was, it that was awesome tyler we got some nfl talking in 10 minutes yeah Not bad. Not that was bad. great that was so let's see, let's see cleveland flip flip flop let's go from winless, oh God, uh, no. winless season to a playoff never that's never happening so all right before we get out of here obviously we're, we're gonna do our shout outs tyler who are you shouting out this week I got a shout out, Sister Jean. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, I'm so I'm so sad the Ramblers didn't get to the championship, but they were a great story. They're fun to watch. I mean, she ha- she said she had the time of her life at 98 years old or 99. She's years lived old. through a lot, so that's so saying a that, lot. That's saying something. So yes, yeah, shout out, shout out my girl, Sister Jean. One thing that pissed me off though with Sister Jean though is her press conference compared to the players' press conference. I don't. That really just irked me. 
like there were three reporters for the players, yeah. but everybody else was at Sister Jean. No, the players are on the court. They're playing the game. Go talk to so them. So take that the shout-out back, all right? You shout-out those good, players. The people love the good story, man. Players. But, it's a good story. They got plenty of life left. For the record, Tyler is wearing the Bracket Buster shirt yes, for I Loyola am. Chicago. Go Ramblers. Yeah, go Wolverines. Wolverines. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sister Jean, yeah, deal <laughs> with that. Who's your shout-out, Matt? Uh, she's a, I don't know. <laughs> All right, cool. Matt doesn't like anybody. So Good talk. No, I, I, I never really liked Kid Rock. Oh, Eminem. God, don't even know. Kid Rock is the worst. <laughs> it's still sucking up money at work, changing on the jukebox. It's like $2 a day did not play real Kid quick, Rock. Real quick, hold on. So how Tyler and I know Matt, we used to work with him at Buffalo Wild Wings. He still works at Buffalo Wild Wings. How is it working at Buffalo Wild Wings? It is. Well, it, look, the company... <laughs> Is it bad? I have no issue with the company of Buffalo Wild Wings. But let's so talk about Buffalo like Wild Wings. If you would like to do a sponsorship on the show, I think these guys would be greatly appreciated. <laughs> but as a store in general. Like, How's Jeremy? Oh, God, he sucks. <laughs> he sucks so hard. Oh, oh man. Oh, my God. I, I can't. I, I, I'm starting to dislike him as Who are the managers I, there now? Uh, well, we still got Melissa. And oh, how's got, she? Uh, she's miserable, too. Uh, <laughs> then we got. Uh, we got this guy, Morgan, who's the oh, most incompetent. Morgan's an idiot. Yeah, he's the most incompetent person I've ever met in my entire life. Oh, I, I don't believe I, these guys I don't believe he actually gets dressed on his own. I feel like his wife has to like put on he's his He's married? Free. Yeah, I think he kind of has like some mail-order bride. I'm not sure. Oh, Jesus. But, um, oh, yeah, so that, there's that. And then we got uh, – we just lost another manager. Who? Uh, Chantel. She's – I think she's – Were her and Jeremy Bonin? I, you know what? I – there's only oh my Lord. <laughs> they had to be all right. There's just no way it makes any other sense that they would be because she really didn't do all that much there. So <laughs> I don't really know like how she. I mean, she if you wanted the, somebody to pump ranch, I mean, she was the one to go to. But <laughs> but that's 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 what about up, it. Jor- what up, Jordan? What up, Nico? What up, Corey? I'm hell uncomfortable. I'm just gonna say what's up. Yeah, <laughs> what up, fellas? <laughs> anyway, my shout out of the week is to the one and it's only Jeremy Nower. No, <laughs> don't you dare put Jeremy's name in the same sentence as the one and only Tiger Woods. No. The Masters are this weekend, yep. so I'm sending all my good juju towards Tiger. I yep. still believe he will win another major. He will one day pass Jack Nicholas. What better place to get started on this comeback tour than Augusta? And also, got to shout out the Rams winning the off season once again, yeah. trading for Brandon Cooks in a fourth round pick. They did give up their first round, uh, 23rd overall pick, yeah. and a sixth rounder. But, I mean. But you're Brandon, not going to get someone better than Brandon Cooks at the 23rd spot. Brandon Cooks, Odell Beckham Jr. Brandon Cooks doesn't have any baggage that comes along with him. And not injury prone either. So, Well, and, he's, and, he, and Brandon Cooks is a different. He compliments, you know, Cooper Cup and, and Bob Woods. And also, uh, I just found this out. Brandon Cooks, same agent as Jared Goff. So this has been... Makes it easy. Exactly. Anyway, that's it. Don't forget, you can find us at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to find myself or Tyler on Twitter, be sure to follow us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler's underscore world underscore. All of our content can be found on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just type in keyword the Sports Kingdom Show in the search bar. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us as well. We're also now on Anchor. Just go to anchor.fm slash TSK show. 
Matt, thank you so much for joining yeah. us. Yeah, it's so much fun. This it was awesome. I'd like to come back again. Yes, we will definitely have you again soon. We will be back next week with another great episode. Thank you for listening, everybody. Peace. Go LeBron. <laughs>